0: It's the e commerce master plan podcast, here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the e commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator and host of this award winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e commerce business. As we head towards the very end of the year, we've got a couple of episodes left for you this year. The first one of which is coming at you today. And in this episode, I'm talking to someone from a very, very high growth business. And we're going to touch on kind of some of the big e-commerce topics, the role of SEO, how the customers are behaving, customer journey mapping, um, and a few other interesting areas. I think you're going to enjoy this one. So, So it's coming up in a moment or two, but before we get to it, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 38,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact lists and emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships. Over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com/slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com/slash masterplan. Smart Freight can help you save time and money. Smart shipping parcels and pallets through Smart Freight's carrier management platform allows you to consolidate your outbound logistics onto one platform. With over 650 carriers worldwide, Smart Freight has you covered by ensuring you are always going via the cheapest, fastest or greenest eco-friendly option. Visit smartfreight.com to book a demo today. And now to introduce today's special guest. Rick Rodriguez is the head of search at Vashi and co-author of the Amazon bestseller Mastering In-House SEO. Vashi is an ethical fine jewelry service that puts its customers at the heart of the design and making process, especially when it comes to custom engagement rings. They were founded in 2007 and are busy disrupting the jewelry industry, including going from a digital team of five to Forty in recent months. Hello, Rick.
1: Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me.
0: Hey, it's great to have you here. I'm excited to hear about what what all this disruption's doing doing. Uh, you know, to to your lives and the business. Um, but but before we get into that, how did you end up in the world of
1: e-commerce? Um, so, like most people in in search marketing, um, I, I fell into it. I I sort of didn't wake up one day and went, I really want to do this. It was um, after a career in the music industry where I'd worked with bands and gone from being in one to managing them to being the person that promotes them. We used to call it hype back then when social media was a thing that everyone loved doing, but um, realized I could do a a full time career in it Um, SEO, search. At that time, it was PR and digital uh, digital PR and link building. and then just sort of have gravitated since from search to technical SEO to more broader stuff, strategy and then into e-commerce. Um, so yeah.
0: Kind of an evolving path, which I, which I guess all those different experiences, do you find they they help you to do greater things now when now you're at VASHI?
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, so I, I've I've never realized how important working in every sort of part of the the sort of different spectrum is to what I do. But So I, I've been brand side and I've been agency side and I've been vendor side. So um, you really get a different perspective on how everyone sees the world and what's important.
0: Yeah, having worked two of those, oh, I guess I've, I've done agency side, client side, and big consultant advisory person side. And, and yeah, you do, you do get a real insight into how things actually work that I think makes you better at any of them. I think anyone who's agency side should work client side and vice versa, because it's, um, yeah, you have so much better understanding for your target customer or the person you're trying to get a discount of, whichever way it's going (laughs) around. (laughs) But, um, but let's, let's explain a little bit more about Vashi. So where in the world are you guys and where are you selling to?
1: Yeah, so we're a, a UK-based business. We have six stores across the UK. We're in London, we're in Manchester. And of course, the reason we're talking, we have a website too um, that, 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 that operates in the UK. And
0: do you only sell to the UK?
1: as it current, Well, as it currently stands, the UK is our primary market. But if we have any international listeners that would like to take a look at our wonderful website, um, you're more than welcome to do so as well.
0: Cool. Okay. And um, Product wise, wise, I mentioned jewellery. I mentioned engagement rings. I mentioned a custom element. But do you want to tell us a bit more about the the product range, please?
1: Yeah. So there's this premise that something you uh, make is always better than something you buy. So if you go to, um, you know, if you have a child and your child goes to school and, and draws a picture from you for you, or or draws you a birthday card, that always has intrinsic value to you that you just couldn't go out and buy. Um, And when you think about um, engagement rings and and just jewelry as a whole, like these are really important purchases to people's lives. So what our business is is focused on is this idea of co-creation. It's bringing the people that we we sell to or we work with our clients into the process of designing fine jewelry. Um, And that's from small customizations, engravements, and that kind of thing, all the way to full bespoke where we'll design it with you
0: it it is one of those psychological things isn't it where if we're involved in the creation even even if you know if we're running a i don't know a cake business and we get our customers to vote on which cake to put in the shop next week the customers are more likely to buy it because they're that much more engaged with it they're much more um because they've had that input into what actually happens it can make a big difference in the selling experience
1: yeah and you think about something like an engagement ring. For a lot of people, this is a really important and sentimental purchase. Um, and when you see what sort of the typical process of buying an engagement ring is like, it can feel quite cold. Um, so think of it as bringing a bit of warmth to the the process. But also, you want to make sure it's absolutely perfect, and, and we enable you to do that.
0: It's kind of crazy that that it's not the norm to custom engage, custom engage an engagement ring, custom design an engagement ring because. It's a huge quantity of cash that someone's spending on something that's really important and and should be with, you know, being worn for the next, I don't know, 40, 50 years or so. It's kind of crazy that they would just go and you would just go and spend that kind of money and buy it off the shelf.
1: It is, and actually, you see that there is a so with with diamonds specifically. We often talk about the the four Cs of diamonds: so cut, clarity, color, and um, uh, carat. I'm always always get tested on these. <laughs> um, but there, there's a there's a trend in the market where people are talking about this fifth C of of, of diamonds, which is the idea of customization. Um, but I think there's a difference between customization, being able to say I want a white gold ring as opposed to a yellow gold or rose gold, and actually really designing it yourself and feeling like you had a hand in the entire higher look and feel. Um, and that's what we bring as part of our in-store experience and you know, part of our digital experience as well.
0: And what platform are you doing this on? Is it one of the standard ones or are you on something a bit more bespoke because of the more bespoke nature of the service?
1: Um, we, we, use, um, we, we use sort of one of the off-the-shelf um, e-commerce platforms, um, but clearly we have a, an amazing development team who are customizing and building components to, to make this work for us.
0: Are you happy to mention which one it is?
1: Uh, I don't know if I can. I'm afraid.
0: Ah, okay, cool. See, guys, listening. It's it's always really cool to get on people who are doing really cool stuff, but quite often they can't tell us things. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so we shall we shall stay in suspense on that one. But um, but yeah, it's equally interesting to know you're not you can't tell us anyway. So you've got the platform. I mentioned the team is growing quite quickly. Therefore, I'm guessing you're doing everything in house, not just with the developers, but with you're a, an in-house first company as such
1: well we we believe that talent is important um and if we have the right mindset our, our founder vashi uh, dominguez is an absolutely inspirational guy um and he he's he's you know built this this company up and he's built many companies up and he's really got that mindset of um the great great talent and great attitude equals great businesses. So yeah, we, 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 we try and bring teams in house if we can. Um, and that's not to say we don't work with partners in, a, in places and agencies where we need to, but like we, we, we value our talent and we try and find the best that we can.
0: And being part of a team that's growing so fast, how, how is that?
1: <laughs> it's honestly, it's just so exciting. Um, I mean, I, I'm used to working in, in big businesses. I was part of the Dentsu network for, for some time. Um, I've worked for Yext, NYSE, listed technology companies. So like 15, 1600 uh, so sixteen hundred people worldwide. Like I'm used to working in big companies, but you find that that when you work in big companies, although there's a lot of headcount, you actually don't really work that closely with a lot of people. Um, at Yex, I was very, very, you know, pleased to be able to work with loads of people across across the world. But um, it's not not the norm. Um, but what you find at, at Fashi is, although there's a number of us, like we are growing, um, you get to work with so many different parts of the business and. Um, you get to to talk to people that you wouldn't typically have have sort of the reason to, but but you know, it's just part of the, the experience.
0: And I guess that's quite good for problem solving. Because if you're moving fast, there's a lot of problems and challenges to deal with on a fast basis, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there is. But um I love the fact, I mean I'm sure everyone says this, but everyone you know there's this idea of of, you know everyone tries to be as collaborative and and as kind of everyone sits around and says well we all get on it's brilliant but like genuinely we do um it's a really really close-knit and and like a team where everyone kind of knows where everyone's come from and has the utmost respect not only just just on a professional level but for the experience that everyone brings which i think is really awesome
0: well, that sounds very cool very cool I can see it's going to be a lot of fun doing all the making all the changes to the jewelry world that you're going to be doing over the coming months but I want to talk, talk a little bit about that like kind of that experience part because whilst you are selling jewelry it strikes me that vashi is more selling an experience rather than a product as such so does that change the approach to the marketing somewhat
1: I think it's it's interesting um a lot of Jewelry marketing as a whole is quite experiential. It, it's it's a lot of particularly in fine jewelry, you're selling an idea, and that idea may be to be part of an aspirational club of people that can afford the Cartier this or the Tiffany that. Um, so so there's always a part of experiential selling and kind of selling that mindset. Um, but I, I think while we while we are looking at kind of how we. We put sort of this bespoke customization component through everything we do. Um, there is a point where we are still an e-commerce website, and as much as you can go to our website and find products that you can add to cart and 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 convert that way. Um, I guess what we're saying is, if you don't know, we're here to help, and that has a component that's part of the you know that that's an interesting part of the way we set up and how we market ourselves. But but there is still that functionality that people expect from from an e-commerce website as well.
0: And do you find that? changes you know so your your core is on the seo side of things at the moment do you find that changes the keywords you're going after and the activity you're going after that it's more about i don't know more and more about kind of the long tail of the engagement activity than it is necessarily the word engagement ring
1: um I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat seen as a radical within the SEO industry and in that my points of view, uh, I, I, I'm really fascinated by the science of search and just how the machines work. Um, and I won't bore everyone with the kind of nerdy technical details, but... Um, I've always been of the mindset that at its core search is about getting people information and what you what you start to see is when people ask questions at the moment like people ask search queries are questions in effect they're just vehicles for finding information the role of a search engine is to answer that person so I would su- suggest that it's not so much a mindset of how do we as a business find specific keywords, like do we target engagements? Clearly, if someone is interested in our business and that's how they find us, that's amazing. Really, it's how do we, how do we and I, I don't just talk about Vash, I talk generally about my approach to SEO. Um, as a search marketer, I always look for how can we communicate to the people that we, we're trying to reach? Like, what are they talking about? What are the things they're interested in? How does that plug into, for example, Customer service teams, and because ultimately, if those guys are getting asked questions, then the likelihood is that people are asking our website the same questions, and hence the search engines the same questions. And that applies not only for core kind of like core business things, like the the very specific things that relate to my business. When can I return? How how soon can I return? Um, But also just broadly around the topics, the themes, the interests that we're part of. Um, So yeah, my my I'm, I'm radical in the sense that. The reason I think that is the case is because I look at patents and I look at the science behind search to validate that. But actually, that's just the way that seems to be the sort of one of the key trends in the industry right now as well. It's about answering people's desires, their intent, their questions, rather than focusing on words.
0: So for you, research with the customer services team is as important as getting onto Google keyword tool. I know there's probably you're probably using something slightly more advanced than that, but is is as important as getting onto Google's keyword tool and seeing what the search
1: volumes are? So what's interesting is I actually don't use keyword plan. I, I don't look at search volumes because to me, like lots of people search for high volume stuff. That's great, but actually they're so early in the journey that yeah, you know what we can affect change. Whether that's engagement rings specifically or just broadly, if it's a you know if you're a clothing retailer, it could be blue jeans. It could be anything. Um, but they're not people that immediately you can affect change on. They're very often very competitive terms. They're often very um, broad terms, as in the responses that Google provides are broad. They're not products and categories. Um, and so, actually, the way that you sort of the immediate opportunity for most businesses is to have a look at, t- to the point, the customer service teams, or to um, you know just just understanding what people are asking. Great, great process. I did. Um, I know nothing about jewelry. I have I've known nothing about jewelry when I started, um, but. As someone that had no 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 understanding, I decided I wanted to become an expert in my field, because partly joining a business you have to know what you're what you're selling. But but at the same time, going through the process of learning an entire industry from scratch means that I get to see what's out there and I get to see well I actually don't know what rhodium plating is. So what is the answer? What is being served back to people? What's on YouTube about? And what what does my Alexa device tell me when I ask? They're all the interesting questions because. If it isn't there, if it isn't quite right, that's an opportunity to build something better. That's how I approach search. And actually, it doesn't matter whether only three people search for plating. If there are three customers I can convert at that point, or three people I can get into my pipe, I'm still, I'm still, still winning at that point.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? Being someone who knows nothing about jewelry to go and work at Vashi and SEO is probably a you know a massive tick in the interview process <laughs> because it's like, well, our cus- our target customers have probably never bought a diamond before. They probably never customised a ring. They may have never bought a ring before. So actually it makes you closer to the customer and therefore enables you to you know, identify those quick wins early on.
1: If we think about this broadly from a, a Marcom standpoint, um, Yes, you have your brand messaging that is there to create recall and for people to understand that. But actually, the way that you're going to win, at least in my mind, the hearts and minds of the consumers, is that constant conversation, however, whenever and wherever they look. That could be on Facebook as as they look on social. That could be on Google search engines. But unless you really get yourself into that position and become that customer, you don't know where they're looking. And sure, you can go and, and run tons of advertising across the whole spectrum that's great. But all that ultimately does is eventually tells you where people are looking. You could shortcut that process by putting yourself in their shoes.
0: And it strikes me that there have always been places where one could go to get a custom engagement ring made if one wanted to, but that people are a bit scared of taking that step. So I I would guess that a lot of what you're doing is trying to become someone's friend on their journey to understanding what they can do with an engagement ring or an, any, another custom piece of jewellery. So as you're the friendly face, Vashi is the friendly face, and so you're the one they'll come to because they're not kind of like scared to knock on the door as it were.
1: Well, I think like even, and I'm going to say take it one step back from jewellery, um, with e-commerce and particularly with luxury and with high value items car companies are going into e-commerce now. You are expecting the consumer to know who you are, to trust that they're gonna get their product and really believe in you as a business. Um, And yes, you can do that through clever messaging on final product pages. Yes, you can do that with social proofing and reviews and all that great stuff. But actually, what we should be doing is holding their hand throughout that journey. So if we take the car example and it applies to find jewelry and it applies to lots of areas, um, you, you know, people are gonna have tons of questions about it. Um, if you start off by going, well, look, you don't even know what car you want, or let's say you don't even know what type of ring you want, you don't know what metal you want, you've no idea what a carrot means. Well, let me tell you what that means, and let me tell you where to look next, and then where we go from there, and eventually you lead them through that that, that funnel, which I think it's really interesting. I've been doing a lot of a lot of thinking about this recently, and um, the idea that marketing journeys, like the consumer journeys, sorry, are linear, is a really interesting topic to me, because actually consumer journeys are linear. People start in one place and finish in another, but there is no one journey. It's a spectrum, and network of different connected points that people follow to get from one place to another. And I think what we do as marketers too often is we consider it like the journey, the one journey that gets people from A to B, we forget to realize that that's one point starting, one point finishing. There's loads of ways they go through that. And if you can hold the hand throughout, or you could be that voice of reason, that touch point, that interesting place that continues to to give them that narrative, like then you can really close them and you can convince them to buy online.
0: Yeah, I find the whole, the whole idea of trying to create a customer journey just so... Completely counter to how human beings actually behave, right? You know, it's like surely touch points and understanding. Someone's looking at the returns page. They're either one of two things: either they've got something they want to return, or they're considering buying, and they're therefore they're seeing if they can return because they're going to buy two sizes. Or, you know, what's someone on this page wanting? What's someone in this place? I think I always think it's more a case of looking at our assets, looking at our activity and going, what's the job of this? Rather than going, well, they click on the homepage and then they click here. And then we pick them up with a Facebook ad and we show them that. And it's like, well, is there... Yeah, yeah, I get personas and the value of that. But the the actual mapping of a journey seems always seems to me to be one of those tick boxes that people have that is not necessarily that useful. I'm anyone listening, I am open to be convinced otherwise, <laughs> but um but it hasn't happened yet.
1: It's so interesting. So so I think about it in terms of moments and actually you you without getting too philosophical and boring people because I want to keep this sort of practical but we understand that the web the like the web is ultimately it's it's a connection between social the social graph people and how they're connected and the information graph or knowledge graph which is what underpins search engines but it's how different points of information relate and the bit we don't talk about is the bits that kind of connect the information graph and the social graph together the bits that connect the people the audiences to the information and the next steps as a result of that but to me that's moments right they are the points of, of connection they're not intrinsically linear because in the same way that a social graph has lots of different offshoots and connections and ways you can travel from a to b you can do that within what let's call it the moment graph for one of a better phrase there are lots of connected moments that join different people audiences to different moments and different pieces of information so you can't predict that it's um, and what, what's really interesting is to your point humans are intrinsically spontaneous um if you think about like Display advertising, right? You can show someone an ad, but to do that and to show them at that right moment at time, et cetera, you have to know a lot about them. Um, but then, if that's great, but humans are intrinsically spontaneous. So there's always a point where you don't know enough and you put your foot in it and serve the wrong thing to the wrong person. And they know that, that you've been tracking them because you get it so right that it's wrong. Um, I think we try so hard to figure out this stuff when, in fact, what we don't do is figure out what information we should be putting out there, because the people are out there, the social graph exists, but it's on us to build that information graph that connects people.
0: E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot slash masterplan. Customer experience when shopping online is crucial, and it doesn't stop at the checkout. Smart Freight plugged into your e-commerce platform allows your customers to take the driving seat when it comes to selecting a shipping service. And branded tracking communications keep your customers informed of their orders journey all the way through to receiving their parcel. Visit smartfreight.com to book a demo today. It's time for the top tips round. Okay. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Rick, you ready for the top tips? Let's do it. Okay. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
1: Um, the hard, I think it's called the hard thing about hard things or the hardest thing about hard things. It's, um, uh, I want to say it's Mark, uh, Mark Andreessen. No, it's Ben Horowitz that wrote it. Fantastic book. Um, the culture of like VC backed firms, how that works and just, uh, just an idea of how to run a business from the senior level. Really, really interesting. Even if you're a junior person and wanted to learn what your C-suite think about, like it's a great book.
0: Always good to know what the other side are thinking, isn't it? Yeah, You can never learn that enough. Um, Okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
1: Um, I mean, I'm biased, right? (laughs) Organic organic search for for sure, but um, brand driven organic search. So organic search, not just keywords and content for the sake of it, but really focused on what our customers are asking, e.g. found through our customer service teams, et cetera.
0: I would have been slightly worried if you hadn't said (laughs) SEO at this point. Uh, Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day?
1: So this is going to be a really weird one. And and I've got so many tools I love, but my favorite thing I found is um, I've got a plugin on my Chrome, on on Chrome, which is called copy and paste all URLs, which basically means you can take all the tabs you have open, copy and paste them and paste them into Excel spreadsheet, and then reopen them all again from a a spreadsheet. If you've got a list of 50 landing pages and you want to open them all at once without having to copy and paste backwards and forwards, that saves you so much time. You just do it in three clicks.
0: I wish I'd known about that 10 days ago. That would have saved me so much time. Insanely,
1: (laughs) Insanely cool.
0: You know, I was only thinking, I, I was thinking, it's one of those classic things, isn't it? I was thinking, I bet there's a tool to do this, but I have no idea what's what I would start searching to find it. You know, it's like, how you would be like, how do I avoid having to click on each of these, these URLs individually? And then you probably end up down some kind of hideous wormhole and never find it. That is being downloaded as soon as we stop recording. So good. Um, Okay. The growth top tip then. Try and top that Tool top tip. Um, (laughs) If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them?
1: Um, Start from scratch. Pretend you know nothing. Learn your industry as if your customers are learning them and really get to understand what that means and fill in the gaps.
0: Love it. Succinct to the point and continuing a theme we were talking about earlier. Ah, perfect. Thank you, Rick. You can come on again. Um, Okay. Rick, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and Vashi on the web and social media, please?
1: Yeah. So let me start with Vashi. Vashi's at Vashi.com. Please do visit. And I hope you guys absolutely love what we do as much as I do. I'm at, at Rick Rodriguez underscore UK on Twitter, which is the worst Twitter handle. Like it was from years ago, and I haven't got around to changing it. But that's where I am. Um, and I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, Rick Rodriguez. You can you can spy my name. Um, and yeah, I look forward to connecting with people.
0: I used to have a worse Twitter handle, which was Chloe underscore Ecmp, which is my shortening of e-commerce master plan. And um, yeah, oops, <laughs> <laughs> it took years to change it, and then it was like, oh strangely enough this one's better Uh, Chloe Thomas Ecom or one word if anyone's interested Uh, so (laughs) she says go completely off topic yet again Um, Rick thank you so much for being on the show it's been a pleasure catching up with you Um, I will be watching Fascination to see what you guys get up to over the coming year because um, I think it's going to be a very interesting space Um, so thanks so much for coming on the show
1: thank you for having me it's been great
0: So we go. Quite an interesting selection of things we got into there around kind of SEO and intent. If you liked that, um, watch out for an episode we've got coming up in a few weeks time um, with SEO manager from Halfords, which in the UK, you will know is is one of our massive high street retailers. Um, So some really interesting bits and bobs from him very much around the intent of search as well. also, I love I love that bit about thinking about customer moments. What is it they want at this point and how are we going to deal with them? And you know, just some of that things they're doing around fast growth. Really, really interesting. Now look, you can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned, by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things we share to help you improve your business. And If you're interested in more of this, how people are growing, that fast growth element, make sure you tune in throughout January because we will be having another of our January growth series where we do two episodes a week. So yeah, two episodes a week coming up throughout January, each one selected by me because it gives you some really cool lessons on how to go about growing your business. We have some really cool stuff right from startup growth through to big business growth. So um, you're going to you're going to love it, I think. So make sure you've got plenty of time in January to listen to that two episodes a week, one on a Monday, one on a Thursday if you want to go putting those in your diary. And of course, that will include our ever popular expert point of views on what we learned in 2020. My mind boggles at what answers we're going to get from that and uh, and what what they think is going to happen in 2021, which is a uh, I think the toughest time we've ever asked that what's coming up in the next year question. So, thank you so much for for tuning in. As you know, I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their business. So, please do tell the other e-commerce business owners you know, because I'd love to help them too. Have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.